Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Not Just 90 podcast. We've had a couple of TV issues if you have followers on Twitter. If you don't, I'm going to plug it early this time, not at the end. Not <laughs> Just 901 on Twitter. Follow us there for all our updates. Get involved, get chatting with us. Uh, maybe we'll respond, but, you know, we pop in at the minute, so we'll get to whoever we can get to. Um, <laughs> but it's me, Nat McKendy-Smith, with the big boy, the big Don. Yeah, it's me, Connor Redpath. Thanks very much, guys, especially those patient people who have been waiting for the latest one. I mean, yeah. oh, let's get it in there quick that we recorded, didn't we, after deadline yeah. day, and we gave our opinions. <laughs> now we've released the pod and we're realising, wow, I never did it before. Just a couple of things wrong, but yeah, just we prefer, we, I, prefer, I prefer not to speak. Yeah, that was recorded before, and Emre Chan is not something <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Oops. the same player. Easy mistake mm. to make. We've all been there. <laughs> it's another Oxlade, Oxlade Chamberlain, Kieran Gibbs, mate. Yeah, um, they're happen. the same. They're the same player. But this week, you know, the competition of competitions is back. The UEFA Champions League knockout stages starts. We're, we're recording on the Monday to so the 15th. Starts tomorrow on the Tuesday. And so to say, we've got some belters. I think mm. this Champions League, you know, it's not like anyone doesn't deserve to be there. You know, they're all good teams in their, good, in their own right. So I think we'll have, you know, goals, like really intense games. Um, and I think as football fans in general, we have a lot to look forward to. Um, Definitely. So, so Yeah. I think we'll start off with the, the probably the biggest game of of this round in terms of the stature of the club, the clubs, and where you know where they are at the minute. It has to be Barcelona versus Paris Saint Germain. Now, Connor, mm, where do it. you see this? Where do you see this tie going, my friend? Where do it's you see it? uh, well. It's that game, isn't it, from a few years ago, this, the 6-1, the big comeback where yeah. Barca seemed to have, I don't know, it, it was a bit dodgy towards the end of that one. I mean, there yeah. was a few decisions that went their way. But I think that this is, on paper, a huge tie. But then you yeah. open up all the proceedings. Open up the book. Yeah, and you'll find out that PSG are going to be missing... Two of their biggest players, no Neymar, yeah. no Di Maria. I think especially Neymar's impact in this competition this season. As yeah. you mentioned before, we got chatting earlier, like six goals so far. It's, it's going through. Yeah, it does. And we've mentioned it on a previous episode too, like where does where did PSG get that next injection of like, yeah, we're still in this tie. Like, yeah. There's depth in the squad, depth and quality, because, I mean, they pay out a lot of money for these star players, and that's where a lot of it goes, but they never seem to be around. Um, 100%. Very true. I think that Barca, on the other hand as well, have the issue with Messi. Where's his head at? Yeah. Where are they going? He seems to have had a bit of a spike in form as of late. But Yeah, that was a nice finish at the weekend. Yeah, it was. And Very nice Maybe finish. he's in it for the long run again maybe he'll stay maybe he won't but 
I still hope this is going to be a good game despite the injuries, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Barcelona, league-wise, s- struggling. Um, it looks like it might be a fight to kill Madrid's year in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's one of those where do you... If you're Ronald Koeman, you know, they've, they've spoke about the whole, you know, rebuild. If Messi goes, you know, we're going we're gonna to be at a, a disadvantage and it's going to be difficult for um, the young lads. I mean, they're playing quite a few young players, but it's, it's, it's always difficult when the pressure's on the manager, the pressure's on the team um, to perform. It's, it's much easier to go into a team where they're already performing at the highest level. Um, mm-hmm. So I think but this year for me, Barcelona... The, the club is is sort of a you know a crossroads. It's where do where do we turn next? Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And, and how how do we do it? You know, players are getting older. Uh, PK's out for this game, uh, and Fati as well. Um, you know, with the injury out early on in the season, Martin Braithwaite as well as although we say the name, he's he's still scored a couple <laughs> of goals in in this competition. So, you know, but Barcelona really. If they are going to win a trophy this year, I think they have the they might have to put it down down to the Champions League. Um, yeah, so. I'd say this is where they're going to have to focus. But I think that you know they've I wouldn't say they've underperformed as of late in the league. I mean they haven't lost a league game now since the fifth of December, but they bowed out of the well the suit their super cup. There was a chance of yeah. silverware there. They couldn't get past um, Athletic Bilbao. And then yeah. they also are currently down on aggregate to Sevilla in the Copa del Rey as well. I mean, like you mentioned, if Barca want to be pushing for a trophy, this I think this is going to have to be the one, considering yeah. the position they find themselves in the league with Athletico with games in hand. Um, but maybe we should still just not write them off because this is, despite the ageing team... The best. Yeah. yeah. This is Messi's team still, and this is where he proves it. You know, I mean, they were how close they came to reaching the final in 2019. If it hadn't been for mm-hmm. that night at Anfield, um, yeah, I still think you shouldn't write them off. And even like I mentioned, yeah. they're losing to Sevilla 2 0 in the Copa del Rey. I think that there's every chance, you know, yeah, that as long as they've got yeah. Messi in the side, and this is still Barcelona, they, they still have talented players. I think that, yeah. If they knock PSG out of this, then it would be a shock, though, I think. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say it's a shock as well. Uh, you know, PSG again, forming the league. If we talked about Barcelona already, but forming the league, we usually seeing PSG at this point, you know, 70 points, you know, mm. ahead of everyone else. And it's, it's around this stage where, you know, PSG looks so comfortable in the league that it's like the challenge isn't there for them in the league. So when it comes to the European games, they're not performing at a high level as they should. But, you know, on on that point, it's quite interesting to see, you know, their, their league position. Yeah. They're not and, top. And how, it, and how it could impact them. Because, as, as, I said, as I mentioned there, you know, the lack of challenge in that division for them seems to have hindered them. And I think this year... It seems to be at a higher standard, or mm. you know, they're performing, or it's one or the other, they're performing um, at a lower level, or you know, the standard of the league's just gone up. So, I think it's very interesting 
that they are in this position and you never know it might be it might be a positive it might mean that you know they're playing at this high level and if they can do it consistently through to the end of the season with the Champions League alongside it then then you never know but mm. you know the injuries it's it's sort of the same it is Mbappe's team when Neymar isn't in there you know you're yeah, definitely for goals um, and it, would you would you say right just to drop this in yeah I can't see either of these two teams playing in the semi-finals this year or the final yeah I think yeah as good as good as you know last year was for I mean Barcelona up until the semi-final they still made it to a semi-final of the Champions mm. League and the same for PSG they made it to the final and lost out only by the one goal, but to put it in perspective, that was that was what end of August, and then the that you know the season was quick and upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, so time to recover. You know, I kept my eye on PSG this year, so I don't know too much about the injuries and and how frequently they are occurring. But it's it's hard. It's it's difficult to to even think that this year they will they'll reach the same heights because i mean even though they made it through the group it was tough mm. um i mean the one for me that stands out was the manu game which they lost at home um, yeah <laughs> that that game was it it was almost like a training game for man united and when rashford scored that goal it was so easy for him to do it mm-hmm. so I think PSG are just off the gas at the minute. Although it is like a, you know, stellar top performance blockbuster, you know, mm. two teams going up against each other. Yeah. I don't think we'll see as much quality purely off the basis injuries, tired legs, uh, the games. You know, they're thick and fast, and I think we'll we'll see quite a cagey affair in the first game, um, maybe with someone stealing it, and then I think the second tie will be a much much more interesting than the first. Yeah. Um, Peel off the basis, new managers as well. Kuman's had a hard time of it. Um, Pochettino's only recently just come in. So I think we'll see a cagey one for the, for this first game. Um, and as for predictions, for me, uh, you know, the injuries of Barcelona aren't as prominent as they are for PSG. So I think I'll go for a 2-1 Barcelona. Over two legs? Barcelona win. Over, over the first leg. So over the first, the first leg, leg yeah. I could see yeah. Barca nicking this. And to be fair, as much as we've sort of criticised or dug into the fact that injuries are yeah. and the uncertainty, I think Barca will do this over two. And I think they'll take Definitely the first leg okay. too. I, I don't know. I don't know the extent of ne- Neymar and Di Maria's injuries, you see. Mm. If they're... If they're out for a long time, then then maybe. Um, I, I I haven't researched that. That's just me. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, I think Pochettino will find it hard uh, to, to break down this team uh, without name Neymar and Di Maria. Um, so again, don't know the extent of the injuries, so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I can see Barcelona maybe taking this 3-2. Like 3-2. a one-all draw in the second Ooh. game. Okay. 
I think it'll be one goal that decides this over yeah, the two legs 100%. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. That was a blockbuster one. That's the big yeah. one. But there's there's three other games this week. Uh, we'll move on to we're going over not to Germany because no. we're going to the Puskas Arena for this one. Uh, and before before we get into the game, we're talking about Leipzig and Liverpool. Uh, before we get into the game, we we are going to mention the fact that you know the stadium changes um, mm. for for a few teams in in Europe. How how do you see that impacting the these players uh, going into the game? Well, it seems like it's gonna. It just means extra travel for the the English sides, really. Um, it's yeah, not, not exactly a quick flight from. I imagine they'll be flying from Liverpool to Budapest. I mean, yeah, probably, just a quick nip out, probably about three hours ish. But to, I just don't understand how. You know, these teams going back to their home countries too, such as Leipzig back to Germany, are they going to have to isolate? Like, how do they get yeah. special exceptions to, like, leave the country in the first place if flights aren't allowed back in, you know? Yeah, um, why, it, why is it, why is, in my head, I'm thinking, why is it the case that they have to go to another country, you know? Mm-hmm. It makes sense to be, you know, just to be in the same place. Yeah. It still reduces the risk of, you know, it reduces the risk of, you know, Leipzig going over there, bringing it back, playing at the weekend, and it spreads around the whole of, mm-hmm. you know, Germany without them knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's an odd one for me. I, I I agree with you on that 100%. I think it's very strange, uh, a very strange circumstance. And I, I don't really get it. It's just one of those things where, yeah, that's governments taking mm-hmm. control, and also the fact that that there was there was talk about if if this hadn't been resolved, that there was the options for the three 0 walkover wins for the away teams going into that, these games. Because I mean, it's going to happen; it will be happening for the Gladbach um, City game, City game as well. Mm-hmm. So, like that. If, imagine if that had happened, right? These ties yeah. would have been write-offs before they'd even started. Yeah. But I think, the, to be fair, if we zone back to the teams in the picture here, Liverpool and Leipzig, along with injuries, yeah. and we talk about things like that, the extra travel for the Liverpool side, less yeah. time to prepare back on home soil, Um I think they've benefited, obviously, from having it's, an earlier kickoff on Saturday, more recovery time. Yeah. Um, and as much as Klopp hates those early kickoffs, I think that it might have worked in their favour this time. But yeah, I think yeah, that uh, it's the first meeting between these two teams, and you've got like the second, second in the Bundesliga, the team that's sort of putting up any challenge to me to Bayern at the moment against uh, yeah the obviously current champions of England who uh, seem to have just issue after have issue. struggled. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Putting it lightly. It's, it's not, it's, it, again, it's, it's a strange circumstance that we're in where, you know, everyone's, everyone's sort of looking at Liverpool and thinking what, what is actually going on and, mm. um, you know the main thing main thing for me is is the injuries 
um, which which you can't you can't really deny that it's had an impact because it has it's 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 so it's so clear and obvious that Liverpool can't play the same way that they usually play because they haven't got the players or mm-hmm. or, pe- or people just to come come in. But I, I, I I'm not sure if I said this on a podcast or I've, I've said this before to someone. I said it at the start of the season that Liverpool aren't going to do as well this year, and this was without injuries. I just thought mm. the standards they're playing at. It's been a few years. The legs will be tired. You'll see more injuries, muscular injuries and stuff like that. I didn't expect, you know, such massive injuries to such key players. But even with that, it's not like Liverpool had, you know, we talk about the defenders. They've signed two in the January window, a sort as if, like, we just need anyone at this point. Yeah, it definitely and, did. <laughs> and, and exactly. And it's, it's that sort of thing where you can't really... You, you can't excuse the fact, you can't really like deny the injuries. I've said that you can't deny them, but it's it, it's almost like you've got to expect the worst so you're prepared for it. That mm-hmm. you know, getting rid of Lovren, although it's it, although it sounds stupid like saying it, you know, people didn't rate Lovren too highly, but he was still there, he still yeah. came in, options did, did a job. Yeah. Um, it was still it was still an option for the for the club. Um, for the players, if someone was injured, someone was tired and stuff like that. They had four centre-backs at that point. Matip's renowned for being injured. Gomez has had injury issues. The Van Dijk one's the big one where where he's, he's had such a massive impact. Um, I know there's a clip going around where Arsene Wenger talking about um, Liverpool and, and their playing style at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's having, forcing them to drop back and they can't win the ball high enough and get it to the strikers fast enough, which it makes complete sense. You're not going to play a high line with Henderson and Fabinho because it won't work. No. But you can't. the issue is if you change your tactic, it just sends it, it sends shockwave through the team that the strikers aren't going to get as many chances uh, that they're usually going to get. Um, they're not going to be able to be pressing on, on, on the front foot. So tactically, it, it's I think it's hindered Liverpool that, that that this has happened. I mean, would it have been better to play the tact been been to just carry on and put the same tactic you're using? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's an alternate universe. Whether Klopp would have made that decision for centre backs to push higher up the pitch is 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 his decision, isn't it? But it mm. seems to have backfired. Liverpool seem to be slowly you know, falling away and not being able to compete in games where they should be able to compete. I mean, the Leicester one at the weekend was, was again, shambles from, from um, Alisson. Yeah, uh, I mean, new they, they were still They were still ran through. Hmm. Yeah, they, you know, they were still on top for, for the majority of the first half. And we've seen Liverpool in those sort of games where they've put the game to bed early on. So they can, you know, Relax and not have to press press as much. Yeah, but they, they still end up getting was, goals, it, don't they? Like I mean, watching the game. Mm. You, go on, you yeah. finish. It's just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Um, it's just, you know, I look at Salah, Firmino, Mane. They look a bit lost and a bit, you know. You play to their advantages. If you're going to have to play a high-pressing game, then you do it for the benefit of your better players. Mm-hmm. Now, 
that that's that's who you've got to cater for. For me, simple in football, you cater towards your best players because they're the ones that are going to win your games. Um, no matter if it's a strong defender or a ruthless attacker, you 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 cater towards them because they're the ones at the end of the day are going to be the key players for you um, mm. for throughout all your games. But we we look at the Champions League. We've looked at Liverpool in the Champions League over the years. It's been it's been you know they've they've done what many people haven't done in Europe. Um, and and that's be known as a competitor, especially from an English club as well. Uh, you you always put Liverpool in the mix at the start of the season, and with the league form going off the rails, I don't see why they won't be able to to push on in this competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the tactic has to change for me if Liverpool are to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my my take on the Liverpool situation at the moment. Uh, I think that's just the way it is. Yeah, I feel like they they just want to be con- consistent and keep pushing with the the same idea, you know. Uh, I think at the weekend, for example, if the w- was was it a goal for the first one, like they seem to have thought so, mm-hmm. then the second goal being the mistake and that lack of communication between the new player and goalkeeper. I mean, I think that they were, up until that point, I think they were unlucky. Uh, well, I thought, I thought they played fantastic and then were unlucky yeah. to lose by by three goals to one, you know. But I feel, yeah, yeah, this is this is really their last chance or to end. But it seems like they've got so far to go. It almost feels like, yeah, that it that they would could benefit a lot from just taking the loss in this, and I mean I know that's yeah not yeah. what any Liverpool fan wants, or some might think it, but it's definitely not what the club and the players want. I mean, but how mm-hmm. how much they would benefit from just for having the opportunity to focus on the league? I mean, all this commotion with the travel yeah. at the moment too, you've got to take these factors into it as well, like if they draw another German team or these other countries don't want to let them in and they have to go further away. I mean, there's another game that's going to be played in, yeah. in Bucharest in Romania too. One game's being moved to Warsaw. Yeah. Like it, it's all the, all this commotion. Then you have to maybe adjust to the climate. Maybe it's a bit warmer. Maybe it's a bit more like minus 20, like it is in Poland at the moment. Like, yeah, it, they, I feel like they could really benefit from going out in this too. And I think that Leipzig are a hungry side. Yeah. I mean, they've got players like Paulson, who's a decent striker, and Kunku, who seems to have found his form recently too. Although at the same time, Upper Meccano is it's just been announced he'll be leaving. Does that yeah. mean that he's I just get I was so thinking that as well? Too? Like but they've got fantastic players. Galashi, who is like, I, I'm, in my mind, like I, yeah. I picture him being like Brad Friedel because age isn't exactly on his side. Yeah. Like, but he's still one of these goalkeepers that still can pull it out the bag. Like, basically, he's old, but he can still like. Yeah, he's I mean, fantastic. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically, he's just an old fart. It's just yeah. <laughs> But again, you know, 
we, if we go back to the group stages, Leipzig were pretty comfortable throughout it. Um, you know, they, they weren't completely up against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Man U. I really yeah. want to see, uh, I don't know, say his name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to say that kid's name, but the one they signed from. Oh, Shaboshalai. Uh, yeah, Shaboshalai. Yeah. 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 I really want to see him play, but he's injured. But again, they, they're a young side, a lot of energy. They'll come at you. Uh, I love the manager as well. Is it Nagelsmann or whatever it's called? Nagelsmann, yeah. I love the, Yeah. I love the fact that they play, you know, high press. They're a young, they're, the majority of the side is pretty young. Uh, mm. high pace all over the park um, and fast decision making mm. uh, which I love to see so yeah I agree with you that Liverpool if they do it'd benefit them if they just took the loss but I mean it's football and Klopp needs to sort of bounce back and what better way to do it in in, in the competition where he's been quite prominent so yeah I mean, this is I, almost I don't know with this one I mean, like, I know they still yeah. didn't win it last I, year. I but just I don't feel. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that they'll go out. And I, yeah, but I mean, and uh, I, th- I really yeah, do I think... think this is the perfect time for Leipzig to be playing Liverpool. Like Liverpool have now lost. Yeah, I think hundred percent lost four out of the last six games. Um. Leipzig yeah. have lost one and confident one shot five. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like confident shot. Liverpool's defense seems to mm-hmm. be the issue as well. Um, yeah, I'm gonna know, go for the, the, I push the, the, the start of the weekend. Night. Did you see the start of the weekend? No, three nil. The yeah. start of the weekend when Trent lost the ball 55 times. Wow, I mean, the defense seems to be the issue, and I, I, I agree with you, mate. I can see goals in this one. Um, mm. But I think it, I think I don't think it'll be a cagey affair as, as I described the last one. I think Klopp will come out fighting. But again, I, I'm gonna put. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a crazy scoreline out there and put, say four two to Leipzig tomorrow. Four two. Um, yeah, I wow. think I think there's goals in the game. I think Klopp has to show to the fans, even if they do lose the game, that they are willing to sort of take the game um, to to the players. I mean, there's calls for Klopp to be out, which is just madness. That's crazy. Um, I mean, also, yeah. condolences to him and everything. With the, it's obviously been made yeah, public about losing yeah. his mum. Um, does, is that another thing that yeah. weighs on this? Do the, do the players then want to go out for him yeah. too? Are they going to go and fight for him as well as themselves? You know? Yeah. Um, I think that yeah, one would be great. that's where I can see the game going. And I still think I'll be watching that one over the Bass PSG game. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Right. I, I don't know. I probably have, I might have them all on. Yeah. Diff split screens. One, one on my phone. <laughs> one on my phone. One on the telly. Yeah. Um. One on the laptop. Yeah. Maybe mute. Steve as soon as anyone comes in, I'll, I'll on, on like a on a three hundred and sixty. One in front of me. One on the right. One on the left. One behind. Yeah. So every time I you commentate, you get excited. Just turn. Get your headset oh, on. What a setup. <laughs> <laughs> it's go right. time. Let's move on to Wednesday's on. games. The third game, third game of yes. this Champions League week. Um, let me get it up. I, it was a 
Oh, it's Sevilla versus poor. Tottenham. Oh, okay, we've got that one first, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've flipped the script, mate, because for some reason on here, it's the Sevilla Dortmund's higher up my list. You know what? I want to get stuck into this one. Let's let's tear yeah, this yeah, one yeah. limb from limb. Yeah, this is this is like this is an Annie's burger. If you don't know what Annie's burger, <laughs> I understand, but get your teeth. Yeah, and get it all over your hands, licking your fingers afterwards, and then you sit in the food coma afterwards. This is that. This is the game. This is the game. I think that yeah, I this agree. is another one of those games, right? Where this is a perfect time for Sevilla to be playing Dortmund. I think yes, yes. Sevilla have won <laughs> very much all six of their last games. Dortmund are in major, major transition period where they yeah. obviously they just announced today that Rosa is coming in from Gladbach, um, and he'll be the new manager from the start of next season. Um, yeah. I mean, we talk about fantastic managers in this competition. You like Nagelsmann. Rosa is also an ex-Red yeah. Bull coach. I think that... Yeah, that, they're everywhere. Yeah, they've got to look forward to it next season, you know. But as for this, I feel like they, they don't know how to perform right now in the league. Um, Very true. 2-2 draw with the struggling Hoffenheim side. And yeah... I just think that, for me, Dortmund might go crashing out of this, but Sevilla are here to prove that they can actually do a job in the, the daddy of European competitions. Yes, very true. Sevilla, Sevilla not in the Europa League just makes me feel ill. Yeah. I feel like they're always, you know, they're just that club that's always, always winning, always winning the Europa League, but they're just not deserved. To, they just don't deserve to be in the Champions League. But yeah, I agree with you, mate. It's the same. It's the same story over and over again, apparently, during these games. Mm. Perfect time to face this club, yeah. Sevilla, you know. And, you know, we've seen Sevilla over the years. You know, we talk, we talk about the dominance in, in the Europa League. And, it, it seems to be the time where they're stepping up to the plate um, and can sort of, you know, get get wins, but the very tight wins. It looks like the the results are uh, not not goals galore. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got you know good players in there. I mean, Rakitic. That's just didn't make sense to me. Even Fantastic! Like how this, yeah, the squad's just riddled with like, yeah, performers. You know. Exactly. So, I, 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 I see. I see. You know, a cagey again, cagey affairs, because the way Sevilla play. Um, I mean, Dortmund realistically don't have nothing to lose. This mm. they're not playing great at the minute. Um, you know, their, their squad isn't. And although it's filled with talent, it's not filled with leaders full of players that have, have been in the competition and, and know what it's about. They're a mm. young side. Um, and I, I think I, I've, I'm going to have to go with this one purely because I think Sevilla, this is Sevilla's sort of push through to, to the to the Champions League to say, look, we're contenders and whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to say a severe win over over the two leg two legs, and I think they'll win both ties as well. 
Ooh, okay. What do you I think about Hapu Gomez playing for Sevilla too? I think that adds, that's another option for them now. They obviously yep. they play with a with a front three style. Um, I think yeah, that just yeah. Adds, adds promise, you know. And the Siri, he could well be on his way in the summer too. But I mean, fantastic, and they yeah. they'll probably qualify again for the competition next season too. Um, but and they could even push Atletico in the league. I think they're they're going to be an exciting side. You say they lack goals, but I think that that they're full of creativity. Just, yeah, they just. I think they're a very strong side mm-hmm. with a good good structure. You know, off the bench, they've still got a lot of players that that can come on and and really change a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're just so, they're so solid at the minute. Uh, which I just like. I like the idea of just you know, you know, you don't see it very often anymore. You see just solid defending and and great going forward. And they've got. I feel like they're getting that balance right now, which it really it really is good to see. Um, mm-hmm. Papu Gomez, as you say, the thirty three year old baller. <laughs> I think. I think we'll see it. I think, I think like, we'll see. This is what you mentioned about the things that. Um... Dortmund are lacking with in terms of leaders. I think that yeah. you know Sevilla have been a team that have played through European football every season. Um, but you look at the Dortmund side now, and you've got all these younger players coming through. I mean, Haaland obviously looks like he's a like an adult's head on young shoulders, but you've got yeah. players Sancho. is finding some form, but he's now playing yeah. in the side that is lacking it. Um, Hummels has been probably the shining light, but they still seem to lose games too. Um, Royce, yeah, don't true. know where his head's at right now. Um, but yeah, like you say, Papu Gomez, 33-year-old baller. I, I think Dortmund yeah, has some of these 33-year-olds, but just not balling out. That's it. That's yeah. the issue. So <laughs> you, you're going for the... You're going for the Sevilla dub over the two legs. I think oh, I'll have to join I think they win. Yeah, I think they're winning both games, mate. Yeah. I think it'll be, you know, two, two nil, one nil, maybe something like that. Um across the two legs. That's just the way I see it going. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's just that's football for me. You know, form form is everything in football until you find that form, until you find that click, you know you're really struggling to get results. And you never know, this might be a turning point, but I just, I don't think it will be. I think Sevilla are too, are too set in their ways. Yeah. Solid, solid squad. And I think they'll, I think they'll take it. Okay. Well. Yeah. Big. Now, the last game, huge. the last game of this, just, just this week, just this week, you know, we are going to, but before we get onto this next game, we are going to do a little podcast looking forward to the, for the next week on Thursday. Yes. So Thursday, we'll be doing a little chinwag again, similar to this one uh, about the games coming up. Uh, I mean, that side of it, I think, looks a bit more interesting. Uh, we've spoke about this before, and we've, we've said the other next week's games look um, a bit more stylish mm-hmm. and plenty more to talk about. But yeah, uh, but we'll go into the last game, which is. FC Porto. 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 
versus Juventus. Now, uh, again, I think this is the this is the one that sticks out for me, where it's like I feel like although I said at the start every team deserves to be here, Porto is one of those teams that's just like meh. Yeah. yeah, they're just a, they're a met team. They and, show you know, up. Flag, flag for it's Portugal. like you, you, you're there, you're there. Fantastic, well done. Now mm. get out. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's 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 a bit stinky from me. But sorry, any Porto fans out there? I know, I know, we have a massive fan base in Porto. Yeah, I know. Yeah, all yeah. those followers. Yeah, I didn't mean to offend offend you guys, but you know, Porto, one of those in the league, they seem to be. That, the second um, seven points behind Sporting Lisbon, who have a game in hand. So, you know, again, is it one of those games where Porto were just there for the there for the shits and gigs? Who knows? Um, <laughs> I think they are personally. Fantastic. I don't even. I don't. I don't even know place for Porto anymore. They've I don't even still know. got Pepe. Pepe yeah. is still Sleep. knocking get about. Him, get him gone. Get him out. Chancellor Mbemba. Chancellor Mbemba is Pepe at the back. I'm sorry. He never got in the Newcastle squad. How is he in a bloody Champions League team? I don't know. I no. Absolutely insulting behaviour. It's disgraceful is what it is. <laughs> Musa Morega. That, now that's a player I remember. Musa got Marega, Corona so. as well. Uh, yeah, they've the, got the, the virus. Right yeah. I think that you could look at this and think, like we've mentioned earlier in the pod for Porto, I mean, I know it's against Juventus and I think whatever side that they come up against now, it's, it's going to be a challenge, you know? Yeah. Um, but based on their position in the league, is this another opportunity for them to just go out guns blazing and think like, we'll yeah. take it to Juventus too? Because this yeah. Juventus side as we mentioned with PSG, haven't been firing on all cylinders all in the cylinders. league. Yes, sir. As they have done in the past. They are chasing the two Milan sides and they lost the chance or they missed out on the chance to close the gap after AC stumbled at the weekend too. Um, they then yeah. lost to Napoli. So they're going into this one slightly off form. But yeah, ever so this, I feel but... like this is the Barca situation too. I mean, Ronaldo is playing in this team. Yeah. How how can you sit back and think like, nah, it's over. Like yeah. Juve are going to struggle here because I think you that, can't. Nah, you I cannot. think that when the ball gets rolling with them, I think that they are good going forward too. Yeah. I think Weston McKenney is slowly finding his feet as well. Story scoring some that goals. Um, there was no Italian. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I feel like, yeah, Ronaldo up top, him playing down the middle this year, is, it's been fantastic. And it's just like a fine wine. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, we talk about Messi. Messi's game hasn't changed. And what I love about Ronaldo is he's, he's just gone you know what, I'm not the same kid that was just going to burst past players constantly. I'll take mm. take the ball, you know, do some magic and then have a shoot or cross it in. He's changed his game. He's become almost like a, a modern-day target man in that mm-hmm. it can sort of do it all. He's got the power. It still has a, the, the, the pace that's still there. Um, and he's got, he's got the strength as well now. His aerial ability, it's... 
it, it's second to none. No one can really match it. So for me, yeah, I think it's simple. Again, Barca over, over the two legs. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if it's a tight game or not, because then that will determine Juventus' chances. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, simple. I think it's pretty simple for me. Yeah, I think this one's got Juventus written all over it, across the two legs, especially. Um, Yeah, I think that Porto will score at least once in this tie, but I feel like it's got Juventus maybe going through five or six to one over the two legs, I think. Yeah, and I think if if we get this before, but, you know, we, we are guessing, it's a guess, you know, not that smart. We're not some guys <laughs> filled with filled with filled with stats up to our nostrils and all sorts and, and whatever. Mm. But we go off our gut, and our gut is always sometimes right. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> if you listen always. to our other ones, I was going to say always. That's right. the times that it's, it's always, not. yeah. <laughs> all the other time, Joe Willock being a failure. What are you talking mm. about? Who said that? Yeah. Uh, Not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easy to sit back. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, that's our that's our look forward to this Champions League, this Champions League week. You know, it's fifteenth of February, so we have four games coming up. You know, catch them, catch them if you can. Um, let us know what you thought of the games. Again, let us know what you thought of our predictions as well. Um, because yeah, we'd love to we'd love to hear about them. But you know. That's enough for the Champions League for now. I think, you know, Thursday we'll have a quick review of these games as well. Uh, And then we'll we'll move on to next week's. But we are going to talk about something that, again, relays back to the points we've made uh, about Liverpool uh, and about other clubs, PSG, uh, Barcelona, during this podcast. And that is the effect of this season. Um, The tiredness... That we that we tend that we that we're seeing at the moment, um, you know, the lack of of like challenges in the Premier League uh, specifically, um, the crazy results that we're seeing uh, very often, and yeah, what 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 do you think? Where where why where who what where all that the W's? I think that it's just. This is with the Liverpool situation. It's it's crazy, you know. The other teams have been hit by injuries too. Um, yeah, I mean they played Leicester at the weekend, and they'd they'd been without players like Pereira and Soyuncu, key defensive players, key to how they play as well. You know, they they like to go counter, yeah. but they also like to play sometimes down the, down the wings but um, I feel like it's just been magnified because like of these things that we've talked about you know like Liverpool got rid of Lovren that was in the, a centre-back now a position that they're really struggling to find or they've obviously bought players in to fill in fill the gaps but somewhere that's ultimately lost them the league this season already um, yeah and we're not even finished. And now Klopp talks about top four being the target. Um, it feels like a step back to almost like the first season he came in uh, or the first yeah. two years he came in. But maybe it could be the weight of expectation. You know, are they going to go out and do it again? Obviously, they haven't. Yeah. But I feel like 
everything about the season just sort of feels like I turn on the telly and it feels like it's just a practice game. I don't, I honestly yeah. do not know where players at the moment or anybody that's involved in football is finding the motivation to go out and just yeah. kick a ball around Very for 90 true. minutes in an empty stadium. Um, yeah. I mean, when the football came back after the first lockdown, it really felt like it was like, oh, thank God, you know, something to watch. Yeah. Like my teams are on telly again. Um, but now it's just sort of feeling like, it's just there's a game every day. It can sometimes yeah. feel a bit saturated. I, I, I'm really not a fan of the staggered kickoffs, honestly. Like, yeah, I kind of miss turning nice. on much of the day at half ten and just watching all the three o'clocks through. Yeah, and you see, I, I agree with that because the games are see or tend to be really dry at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some good ones this weekend, yeah. but like, yeah, I, I just feel like. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to have the option, really. I mean, it's great for some people. I mean, if you've really got yeah. nothing to do, you can sit down from, like, 11 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night and just, like... I've watched four Yeah, games. watch football all day. But I feel like it's, it's just it not there because the, it's, it's not yeah, the same. It's not the same. I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with every point you've made. You know, the motivation for players must be difficult. Um it's almost to an extent, you think about, you know, games, you know, when fans were back in the stadiums, when a game wasn't going particularly well, like half an hour in your day, the booze and you did whatever. Yeah. And you see a bit more, you see a bit, it's true that you see a bit more intensity from the players. Um, again, I feel like it's sort of been placed on the managers and the coaching staff to sort of generate that, that sort of like get, get up and go attitude. And yeah. I don't think it's worked. I, I really don't think it's worked. Um, like the, the Man U game, for example, at the weekend, pretty dry against the West Brom side who've lost like by like three goals each time they've played at home in the last, I don't know, however many games. Mm. So you think, go for it, but it's, it's dull. You know, the Leicester game, they, they Leicester couldn't even get out that first half. And it was like, it wasn't like Liverpool were having, you know, million chances it was just passing around it was basically a possession game mm-hmm. and it's, you know, we, we talk about tired teams uh, you know the teams that have played in Europe and whatever you know and that's such a huge shock that they're struggling to find yeah. results and whatever I mean it sort of looked better for them as of late um, but up, up to recent times they were struggling I mean the injuries again injuries another huge factor in their season. And there's so many players and so many teams where, you know, you look at the impact that one injury can have or, you know, two or three injuries have. Maybe it's one, you know, one week of training, there's three three new injuries or, you know, the game at the weekend, there's two more injuries. Yeah, um, like Milner coming uh, off we, after, we, like, 20 yeah, minutes against Leicester. We, like, we, we're, seeing that, we're seeing that far too much. Um mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's great the fact that football's still being on. I'm really, you know, I'm happy that we get to see it and whatever. Um, but it really isn't the same without fans back in the stadium. No, um, not at all. I, I get. I, I I feel like it has such a massive impact on on so many teams. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have an impact on City because they don't have any fans anyway. 
but that's besides the point. So, you know, that's why they're doing so well because you know they st- the stadium's mostly empty. Yeah, and I think that the style of play where the concentration is just needed on like exactly passing so the ball around, of, like finding sort of the just gaps. have to tune them out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like teams that press high up the pitch. You usually hear like the fans going, "Yeah, yeah, God, yeah, get just the ball, like, right. yeah." You win a Whatever. corner, you win a throw in yeah. deep down. You know, like yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it's it's those sort of things where it all adds up, and then we talk about tired legs, injuries. You know the style of play changing, uh, as the Liverpool example, because of the injuries. Um, mm. It's the it's the it's the form it's the formation, the tactic they've been practicing for years now. You know, it's been it's been Klopp having these players drilled into playing a certain way. And now he's gone. Oh, now I've got some injuries. I'm going to change it. See, that's not the players aren't the players aren't going to react well to that because they've never they haven't played that before. They've yeah. they've played the the way they have for so many years that. It's worked in their favour. Um, I mean, we look across Europe, uh, you know, challenges for the title, that, well, title winners as we'd expect them, mm-hmm. you know, Bayern Munich again, they're running away with yeah. it. Well, running away with it, but the, they are the sex the table. It's what they've called yeah, it, because exactly. sex means six, isn't it? Yeah. In German, they've, done, they've got all six trophies. It's mad, you know, Pavard, also won the World Cup and has played in that sixth title winning team. Like, and he's only 24. Madness. That's crazy. Piece of cake, in it, for him? Yeah. yeah. But, I uh, think... but that's, it's that sort of thing, mate. I, I, I agree where it's like Bayern Munich have done so well and we talk about their, phys- their physicality, you know, you see the transformations that players have gone under, uh, both physically um, uh, and all of that. But we see, we see that you know they're not running away with it as they usually would. They are only four points clear. PSG aren't running away with it. Juventus aren't running away with it. You know, Atletico Madrid are top of the table with Real Madrid leaving Real Madrid and Barcelona. You know, in their wake, it's it's so it's just so strange that we you know I'm all, I'm I'm all for the fact that it's it's so up in the air and we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. With, with it's, these it's, it's good. For sure. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see someone else winning it. Mm-hmm. But to not see the teams perform at the same level, it's me. It, it's it's completely it's completely abnormal. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think like it's only down to the schedules too, right? I think that there are teams in England that benefit from having fans there. Um, most of the teams in the Premier League to be fair I think there's a select few that yeah. if the fans weren't there I mean you mentioned Man well, City you look at the Chelsea too like, yeah Sheffield, Sheffield Sheffield United yeah it's the big example look at their, really? you look at their form up until the point there was no fans allowed in the ground they were blooming like challenging for, for Europe Europe yeah, League or whatever yeah. and then since then it's like the fans have literally they've, they've sapped all the energy out of the players the lack of them anyway um, I feel like the, yeah, there's so many factors we, we talked about in in the last pod about obviously Willock's had a great impact at Newcastle in his in his one game he's had now but you also look at the fact that you've got St. Maximan's back and Newcastle playing this expansive style of football. I feel like we're so susceptible to still conceding, but I, and I don't think yeah. we would be so open at the back 
or even maybe play in this expansive style if the fans were in because that yeah. imagine that, that game when we finished the game with nine men last weekend if there'd been fans in the yeah. stadium they would have been cheering them all over the line like fantastic Riots. fantastic <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> but also like I just feel like it's normal for us to concede goals now yeah. Because and the players don't really have to worry about the reaction or getting slated by the fans, like yeah. But and then you mentioned how the leagues are so open, except for Germany across Europe. I feel like the reason that the German league isn't so open is because obviously you've got the fan culture over there, like the the fans are members of the club. They keep the club running, like they're always yeah. there behind the team. Like would Dortmund be struggling as much if? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's papers that like, there's academic papers that show like how much home advantage kicks in. Yeah. Like when if you're you're playing at home, you get less yellow cards. You're more likely to win the free kick, get more corners, decisions your way, for example. Yeah. And I think even if you go down the English football pyramid, you look at Wickham. I think if they they're obviously a bit out of the depth this season, the route is yeah. at the bottom of the Championship table, but what they would do for the fans at Adams Park. Yeah. That would be amazing. They'd be selling out 10,000 tickets they would every run, week. They would run themselves into the ground for the fans. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like you mentioned Sheffield, and I think that's obviously the prime example in the Prem. There's so many examples across Europe that, that I think the teams, like you mentioned, the teams are doing well and maybe the ones that aren't so heavily reliant on the fan base. Fans. And yeah, it's just a case true. of that they've got the... They have the backing of the finances yeah. and the quality in the squad, and they've been able to keep yeah, hold like, of them too. Yeah, if we look at Inter Milan and AC Milan in, in Italy, for example, the fan their fans fan base are all pretty toxic at times. Oh yeah, they and turn on them. Yeah, they they turn on them like like that. It's it's almost instant, like out of nowhere, just because you know someone did a bad pass and then you know the game's gone. Um, so. You know, the lack of fans has, has benefited to some teams, but I think for the most part it has, has negatively impacted teams. But to, to finish up on, on this on the podcast, I think... The positive note. To say, <laughs> this, uh, no, screw the positive yeah. note, mate. Screw the positive <laughs> note. Great. We'll finish on the positive note, but for oh, now, you know. <laughs> uh, I've got... My question is, since, since, since COVID, since lockdown, since you know, football has came back. What do you think is the biggest, has, has been the biggest impact on, on results? What do you think, you know, lack of fans, you know, games being played quicker, um, you know, the staggered kickoffs, that sort of stuff. Where, where do you do you put the blame for, for the crazy season we're having? I think it's a combination. I think, like, there's a knock-on effect. Like, you... Um... Obviously, the scheduling is a, a game almost every three days for some teams. Yeah. If you're obviously still playing in all the cup competitions, mm-hmm. um, especially in the UK, I think we're the only league in the top five European leagues, Premier League, to have two domestic cups alongside yeah. Yeah, the, um, the league and obviously European competitions. So... You've got teams like Spurs now. And so, well, Spurs and City are the only two teams that have a Carabao Cup game left to play. Yeah. They're in City are playing Tuesday, Wednesdays. Spurs are playing Thursdays. And yeah. that on top of if you're still in the FA Cup. 
it's the scheduling for that's crazy. And I think we can slate Tottenham and say, oh, they're so helpless without Kane, which is a fact, like they are. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that they have to go out and play probably more games than any other team in the league this season. Say, Spurs yeah. have made one cup final. If they go on to make the uh, Europa League Cup final too, the schedule is going to pile up and they could probably end up playing 60 plus games this season, which is what, like, yeah, you, remember, you remember when Bradford made the um, yeah Cup final? I think they ended up playing 59 games because of they had yeah. the EFL Cup, they had the Johnson's Paint Trophy, the FA Cup, they had the 46 leagues games League to games. play yeah, too. Yeah. Like, this is bonkers. <laughs> and if, could you imagine? Aside having, I think it would just be through pure, you know, like things, things have to go your way. And I think that yeah, a combination, I think that if one thing isn't on your side in this season, then yeah. it's, it has a knock on effect. If like, if, if you're relying on fans, your results take a turn, then the team's confidence takes a turn for the worse. You might even yeah. lose your manager, like injuries in the team, you know, I, th- it, I think it's hard to put, it down to one thing but I feel like obviously the fans not being there we've just touched on that a lot but the scheduling is crazy like I I sometimes turn on my phone to check like who's playing tonight and I forget at times like oh Newcastle have a game tonight yeah yeah Yeah. like we've just come through two weeks of back-to-back midweeks like that night we had to play Crystal Palace in the middle of last week. I was just like, bloody hell, are we really playing again tonight? <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, it's true. Yeah, what about you? You tell me yours. Uh, I, I, again, again, similar to you, I think it is a combination of things. If I had to put it down to just one thing specifically, I would have to say, you know, the scheduling. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I mean, the staggered kickoffs, that's, you know, it's still a day, you know, you still play on one day and you'll still play on the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hours we're talking um, about, but, you know, the scheduling, we, we sort of, we sort of are a bit selfish in the fact that we need, we needed the football, um, you know, yeah. for people to feel better, something to look forward to, that sort of thing, uh, you know, come in and out of lockdowns during that period of time. So it's, it's hard to to say, oh, we shouldn't have had football, or oh, we should have done it differently, you know, because we still we've still got the Euros to come up for crying out loud. Um, oh God, <laughs> exactly. We still we still have that to come up. We still and don't know we're going to do across it. The continent as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it's it is that sort of thing where can we 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 don't want to excuse. We don't want to like say, oh, you know. It's it's fine to play this many games, or it's fine to do it this way. Because usually we don't. We usually have you know the mid table teams that aren't in anything. You know they have a full week's rest. They have a full week to mm-hmm. relax and whatever. I think for Champions League sides for for those sort of those sort of teams, you know they, they're sort of used to it to, to an extent. Uh, you know the games won't come as thick and fast um, as as others. But they still, as this as this season, sorry. Um, but you know they're still used to the fact that they do. They might have to play midweek, or you know, if they get into cup competitions, you know they're going to have to play their games in midweeks some week. So, yeah, I think 
I think I would have to say the scheduling is, it, for me, is the main the main factor. You know, as much as fans can carry you through games, um, I don't think it's it's as key. I would love to see you know it it come back. Yeah, to the, even even the two thousand, the two thousand or four thousand or whatever it was. Yeah, you know, we've seen the vaccinations across the country, and, and it's working. It's helping us out, and cases are down, so on and so forth. But you know, again, it ultimately is the government's decision. It's a, it's their decision to make sure everyone's safe, and I understand that. But it'd be nice to see the scheduling. Yeah. I think has just completely everyone and the amount of games we're playing unless you have a massive squad depth where you can have you know a player back up or in every position or swap out players you know mm-hmm. you, you are really going to struggle and um, we've, uh, we've seen that with teams across Europe I don't think that it'll get back to a normal sort of level of fixtures too until after we've had the 2022 World Cup as well because yeah. that's obviously going to have to play be the played games early. during November December yeah, and I wouldn't say it's like a mid-season break because after the Euros, when are they going to plan to start the season again? No, we don't yeah. really know that yet. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Uh, we talk about normality. I mean, like if you're a football fan, that kind of normality that that's not going to come back anytime soon. No, no, no. 100%, no. Yeah, but you know, we'll wait and see. It, it'll come around at some point. Uh, fingers crossed. We see you know less injuries to players. Um, that keeps them out for a long time and we see a higher quality. I don't think we will, but fingers crossed, you never know, it might happen. For sure. Yeah. Boom. That's it it for today. Yeah. That's our little preview of the Champions League for this week, anyway. Um, We'll be back, I don't know, some point later on in the week, um, talking about the next game's coming up and maybe do a little review of the other ones. But there, yeah, that was our little touch just, just to talk about fo- how football is right now. But yeah, thank you all for listening. If you are at this point, um, you know, you've done a, you've done <laughs> we a very always lose solid people. You've, yeah, we've always done a very <laughs> solid job. But yeah, follow us, not just 901 on Twitter for all our updates, uh, you know, get involved uh, on our socials and, and we'll chat about football on there. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you, you so all. much. Yeah. And ciao for now. Ciao!